Hello and welcome to the Speed Protection Services podcast. This is our second episode with Peter Ellis. Good afternoon. Um, our last podcast went down quite well, to be fair. Um, people really interacted and enjoyed it. We had good feedback. We've actually had a few questions again from people who wrote in. Some of them from last time, but some new you guys writing in. Um, one of these questions is from Jason. He said he enjoyed the po- podcast and felt it was really insightful into a consummate professional. So his first question is, if you had your time again, would you have done anything differently knowing what you know? Well, first of all, thanks for them kind words, Jason. Very much appreciated. Yeah, the question, if I had your time again, would I do the same? Yes, I would. That's referring back to my uh, career in the SF and close protection. Because to be honest with you, I've absolutely loved it. Still doing it. Uh, just, I just get the adrenaline from it. It's brilliant. Good, good to do. I don't think I could just do an ordinary mundane job. Got that adrenaline rush. So, around about way, close protection gives me that. Perfect. <clears throat> he also asks, what in your opinion? What is your opinion on the SIA? and the effect it's had on the security industry? Well, good question. The SIA um, was originally set up to do a good job. It was actually needed you know, to control the industry, get rid of a uh, bad eggs, if you want to call it that. But to, to be honest, as it's gone along, I think it's just lost its way. It's not doing what it, what it was set up to do. You know, for example, there's, there's people getting into the industry, getting licenses, close protection, security guarding, whichever, door supervisor. They're getting licences when they've actually, they shouldn't be. Just due to the backgrounds, for example. You know, checks probably, probably haven't been done properly on them. And they're getting licences. You know, and I would go to close protection because that's the, the genre I'm in. If you think about it, you, you're keeping somebody alive most, a lot of the time. And there is that person who they say they are on that licence, but having that licence, I just don't. I don't think he's doing the job right, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, fair call. Because there is quite a lot of people out there you wouldn't want looking after you. No, They'd probably batter you rather than take care of you. So Definitely. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, the initial idea sounded like a good idea. Yeah, but... it was originally. It was good, you know, get some control of the industry. But it's sort of missing the target there. It's not really doing what it should do. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. So, Jason always asks, which I think you, you might have quite a bit to say on this, mm-hmm. what do you think is the standard of other close protection training providers that are currently available? Well, good question again, Jason. We've only got half an hour in this podcast, so <laughs> I might have to shorten that one down a little bit. Providers, don't get me wrong, there's some good ones out there, really good. But there's also 10 times it, more the amount bad ones, what I call Mickey Mouse ones. Okay? No. It's not, having, it's not having a gripe against these companies, it's not the companies, but there's training being done which is substandard, very substandard. And like I mentioned in the last question, in close protection, you could be keeping somebody alive. So if you haven't trained properly, you're not going to do the job right. Because okay. you train, don't you, for close protection? You train others. Yeah, I teach. I've got in my own right, I teach with one or two companies, good companies throughout the UK uh, and overseas, teaching close protection. You know, so not blowing me on Trumpy, but I obviously get asked back because I do a good job. Yeah, and again, Mickey Mouse units as I call them. There was one instance, for example, I won't give any names, of a company that were actually meeting people in the lay-by, taking money off them, 
say a thousand pounds for example putting the paperwork through and getting them a license now is that Shocking, you know yeah. them people you may be working alongside and until until the shit hits the fan you won't know how good they are this is it and this, this is what's so wrong about it so, don't get me wrong again like i say there's loads of good companies there because when i've heard you talk about when you've done your cp training um training others you you spoke a lot about it being very hands-on and there's not much sitting down. I know there has to be that mm-hmm. amount where you do mm-hmm. have to sit down and learn yeah. the facts and yeah. figures of everything. But mm-hmm. from what I've heard, everything's really hands-on and you, you do scenarios and things like that. Yeah, with the training, with, for the SIA licence to, to gain it, you have to do 140 guided hours, as they call it. So the stipulation, there's certain things there you have to go through, you know, exams, sit through, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but going back to that, a bit of a gripe, but there's people who sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, advise the SIA when it first came out and what should be the standard for college protection training, mm-hmm. weren't, in my opinion, and only my opinion, up to standard to advise, it's simple as that, because looking at some of the things they expect you to do as a college protection officer is just not reality in the training. That's understandable. Um... Jason has also asked, where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> Try and tell me something, Jason. <laughs> Try and tell me something. Yeah. Well, I'm only a young man of uh, 30. <clears throat> One. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, 10 years' time, I should still be doing this. Yeah, still be doing close protection, uh, God willing. Um, my main goal is expanding sphere at the moment, in all aspects. So it's the close protection side. As you know, we've got one or two prongs. We have uh, the training side. Sphere combat, which comes under the same banner, is all expanding, and that's that's the goal. Well, this year and for the next ten years. Yeah, because a lot does come under the the sphere protection services banner, doesn't it? I mean, there is a a hefty amount. I know with with Jason who said that he was quite impressed to hear about the heat course. Yes, yes. Um, which we did mention in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot in there that that is. It is not just for corporates and businesses that you can take up yourself, can't you? Definitely. definitely. Um, so definitely, definitely worth having a look at. Yeah, right across the board. Again, it's all on the website, but like you said, we go from corporate to uh, even military, train the military, police, you name it. And whatever you want to call them, like civilians, you know, civilians, everyday people can benefit from our training. Yeah. Because, I mean, we are looking, well, I don't know why I'm looking into it, because I don't know why I want to die. But we're looking at doing the Tier 1 fitness, aren't we, over yeah. summer, getting a couple of people down um, to do that. And that's going to be quite intense. But it's not pitting against other people, is it? It's more pitting against yourself and your own yeah. personal it's, best. It's your personal best. Again, it's, it's Tier 1, I call it that, because it's, it's top level. But, again, it's your top level. You're not going to turn up and have to race... You know, Fred at the side of you, up a mountain and come back there with a rock. Yeah. Needles. It's your own personal best. Okay? And that's what that's all about. Again, it's probably, we might just run it over the weekend. Yeah. yeah. There will be an option of a five-day where we're actually doing like a, what do you call it, a summer camp, that type thing. So all these are things that come into fruitation. Yeah. yeah. Once this cove is done. But I hope you're not going to be sitting there screaming obscenities of people, as we have seen on the TV no, occasionally. No, 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 no. That's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is for the TV. Um... And Jason's last question is asked, is there an autobiography in the pipeline? Um, yes, well, where's the pipeline? <laughs> <laughs> I have been, I have, people have asked me this before, and I have been, I've actually, I've got it compiled, I've got one written, whether I go down that route, I don't know, because mine will be a little bit different if it does come out. 
But to be honest, I think it's getting the, uh, I don't know, the backside kicked up a little bit. Yeah, every man and his dog's right in one. Yeah, at the moment they are, aren't they? So I don't really want to go down that route. There is stuff, you know, sometimes there's stuff you can't repeat. Yeah. And so is it really an autobiography or is it just a, perhaps fiction, who knows? Yeah. So do you write one, don't you? I'll just decide, one day I'll just say, yeah. Put it over there. And do it. Or am I not? You've got the you've got the product there, haven't you? Should yeah, you want yeah, to? So, I mean, it's just when, when or if you decide to act on it, and I think that's got to be your choice. So, true. we will hold a breath for that definitely. Um, thank you, Jason, for those questions. Um, one of our questions is from Rolly. He's he's one of our avid listeners. Um, his question does kind of refer around to the heat. Um, course that you do yourself um, is she asks what's your advice on hotel safety and travel for example in Africa procedures and safety and so on yeah good question thanks for that Rolly uh, travel safety again of course we want alongside the EAT it's all, it's all connected EAT training is travel safety okay so let's talk about Africa for example very hostile country all over the place yeah You've got to be looking at what you wear, you know, think, think about what you're wearing. So, first of all, you're going to have to play in the play in, in the country, what you're wearing. Now, if not, not being funny, if you wear a load of uh, jewellery, you know, I won't say Jingle Jangle, that's Jimmy Savile, but anyway, but <laughs> loads of jewellery, yeah, you're going to be a target, because that's what they do. They pretty much wait at airports, and they watch who's getting off planes, and they, they, they will follow you. So, travel safety, beware of what you're wearing. It doesn't say you've got to walk around, you know, plain Jane. If you like wearing jewellery, just wear it a bit more... Sort of undercover, yeah, until you subtle. get to your hotel or whatever. Uh, so that's that's one thing. Think of your travel when you're over there. Don't just get in any old taxi because it might not be a taxi. Yeah, they do that quite a lot. Just turn up, make a taxi sign. You get robbed. You get kidnapped. Okay, so it's, it's just awareness, good awareness, situational awareness is what you have to develop. Again, not plugging, but we do courses on this. It's all, all to do with that. And uh, Roly, I know pretty well. He's been in a lot, touched with me quite a lot. We're looking to go over to his uh, country, motherland, or you want to call it, <laughs> to do some training over there. And another guy who's on board as well, he's, he's over in the US. And so, of course, he will be expanding to their countries. Yeah, I think it's something <coughs> important for everybody to kind of have that that awareness when you go yeah. away. Because, I mean, going abroad nowadays, it's it's so cheap that everybody's doing it, aren't they? Exactly, um, yeah. But you're going into cultures you haven't got a clue about, where you're a massive prime target to... So many people. Definitely. I mean, like you just mentioned there, some about cultures. You know, you've got to be so careful what you're doing. You can upset somebody with it, don't you? Yeah, know, that's it. Know their faiths. You know, for example, not picking on, but it's a Muslim country. Know their faiths. Know what they, do, what they believe in, what they don't believe in. Also, I can end up in a lot of trouble. And this is it. People have, though, haven't they? Because they've yeah. just been so ignorant in in what they're doing. And a lot of places won't stand for it. I mean, you've seen people locked up and, and this being on the news. So, Definitely. I mean, even a little bit of research is a good idea before you go away. Definitely. I've done it in my, uh, along with my career, on the kidnapping ransom side of things. It's, uh, I've seen what happens and what can happen to people mm. in these countries, you know, actually gone in and out to rescue whatever. This would happen, was it over 12 months ago? One of the guys, I would say these two, 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 one, whatever it was, so all of the news racing into that shopping mall, rescuing people. Yeah. There's an example. It just goes from nothing because these these guys who are doing the terrorism, they live in they live in squalor, and to get some money they'll do whatever it takes. Definitely, you yeah. Know, so these are lucky in that situation. That guy was there. And he, he did a good job representing the uh, old uh, wing dagger there. Well done. <laughs>
I mean, in the same sense, like you do your own, and you have been in the past, haven't you, involved in mm-hmm. um, uh, assisting with kidnapping, not kidna- kidnapping somebody, but no, I don't do resolving that. it. I don't do that anymore. I don't anymore. <laughs> but you also have you, you, is it the crisis resolution um, yeah. that covers a vast amount of things, doesn't it, as well as yeah. kidnapping? Like you say, you have some crisis resolution that does actually go along with the kidnap ransom, uh, all sorts, of, all that sort of arena, if you want to call it that. We do that sort of thing, response overseas, even in this country, because it's happening. Kidnap and ransom isn't just overseas. No. You know, it could come down to child abduction. Somebody, a couple of fell out, they split up. <clears throat> One of the couple, t- child overseas, never seen yeah. that. You know, so all these sort of things come into it, I won't get in too much detail. It's all covered. It's all, it's all part of the, uh, the training and what we do. That's it. Right. Thank you very much for that, Rowley. Thanks, Rowley. And Sam, who Sam wrote into us last month, he had a few questions for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, his first question is, what was your favourite issued weapon during services? Services? Service? Even. Service, yeah. Issued, uh, I suppose, you mean in the SF, because originally, obviously, I wasn't just the the Green Army. The only weapon you get issued there was an S- the old SLR rifle. But in the SF, you were issued on counter-terrorism duties, you'd have an MP5 and uh, 60226 So they were the issued ones that got used to light. I liked them. Nice weapons, both of them. But again, in the regiment, you get to use every weapon. Because the idea being, you know, you're behind enemy lines, you can pick any weapon up and use it. So we do train right across all, all the weapons with you want to call it like a favourite, that would be probably M2, MP5, and uh, P226, 6 So did you only pick the one that you could actually use? Just question. What on the... Yeah, out of all the ones you were issued with, did you pick the ones that you shouldn't be using? Yeah, well, to be awkward, yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> like I say, you just get used to using them all, but you would be issued, you know, about your peers and them two weapons. Yeah. Well, mostly, you get others. You know, if you're doing... Uh, Terrorist wave, gonna blow it, injured off the door, get the pump action, all that sort of stuff. But your main weapons are them too. Yeah, and we will just clarify that all these weapons do not have like an infinite amount of bullets as you see on the TV. Oh no no, there's only <laughs> so many bullets. Any although we do tend to use them. But, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, we've got that subject. <laughs> um, Sam also asks if you could choose any modern firearm, what would be your ideal primary weapon and sidearm? Um, Has yeah. much changed since? Yeah, there's, there's loads. The amount of weapons that come into play now, it's infinite. You know, but if you're going to p- pick one, depending on what work, what job you're doing. Again, let's just put it to counter-terrorism. So I would say there's a weapon called the M8. That's, that's a good weapon. You know, a long, could call mm. a long. And then your sidearm. I'll just go back to 226, because you get that used to use, and it becomes part of you, basically. You know, so I would say them two for that. Cool. Um, Sam also asked, after he learned to box, understanding other martial arts fell into place quite easily for him. Um, footwork and feet mm-hmm. placement, mm-hmm. head movement, understanding how to properly throw combinations of punches. Mm-hmm. He said that helped him massively um, moving into Krav Maga, for example. Mm-hmm. What martial arts would you would you say really helped you set up for learning others? Well, yeah, I would say right across the board, I've done well, I've done pretty much most of the martial arts through the years, you know, so I would say, I'm always looking at, I 
call it streetwise. Mm. Urban streetwise, you want to call it. Of all the martial arts, let's call them traditional, if you want to say that, Wing Chun is a good one for the street because it's, it's dead straightforward. I know what I mean doing the forms that you have to do for the training, or I mean the, the application. It's pretty straightforward, pretty, you know, so I've had to pick one, it'd be probably them. But then I've done all the stuff, done the Jeet Kune Do, obviously Brucey's stuff, that's practical for the street. Yeah. You know, but th this way, it's got to work, to me, it's got to work out there. No disrespect, if you're training in a martial art, you're, you're just doing that, you're doing it in a, a nice area of padded mats or wherever you train. But when you go on that street, it's going to be concrete or whatever. So. Not massively realistic, is it? And that's, I think, that's what Sphere does train for, for real, real life situations. Yeah, um, you're training, just Sphere, I wouldn't call it this, but you're training for survival. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, shit's hit the fan, you've got to do the job. And if you can't, well, you lose. Definitely, yeah. And I think I'd I'd rather lose in the training room than out on the street, to exactly. be fair, because yeah. at least you've yeah. got a second chance then. This is where you're learning your skills, that's what it's about, you know. But then um, it isn't doing no disrespect to any martial arts, I've done loads. You aren't doing a kata or something like this, set of moves. You're doing practical, realistic, what I call live training. That's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely agree. So Sam also asks, um, if you feel comfortable enough um, doing so, can we hear a short war story? Yeah, World War Two, nineteen thirty nine, nineteen forty five. There you go, Sam. Oh, there's a few books on that. <laughs> yeah, just, just kidding. Well, do you mean? Well, I suppose you mean as um, someone have been involved in along the way. I suppose you mean that. Something you were aware of. We can put it as that if you like. Yeah. So, a couple of my escapades. I've been over and I was over in late eighties, over in a little place called Columbia, where all the cartels tend to hang out. Okay. We were over there with the regiment doing some, we were actually training some of their forces to help against the drugs war. Yeah. And also we did some operations sort of, there's any cartel listening to this, but against the cartel. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we were there for. That's just one example, obviously, undercover, every day, living off your adrenaline because them guys just shoot you as look at you. Yeah, they're not nice people, are they? And you don't know, pretty much if you go in the Flavallas, all the areas where they live, you don't know who is and who isn't. Mm. You know, so you just got to be... You're so hyped up, it's beyond belief. But you, you train for it. Yeah. That's why you train back in, in anything, that's what you train for. Uh, another one, you know, I've done stuff over in the Emerald Isles, over in Ireland there. When the troubles were the troubles, but undercover with. Yeah. I won't go into too much again, I'm not being a, I'm not doing a Mr. McNabb, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, yeah. Stuff, there's stuff people out there who, let's say they weren't too happy with what, what was going on. It's still very modern though, isn't it? It's still very recent, so you you yeah. do have to take that amount of caution because just yeah. to, for every sort of friend, family, the the whole shebang, so it's understandable. You can't say too much exactly. in regards to that. I need to say, going back to, uh, who asked the SA question earlier? Anyway, going back to the SA, your bodyguarding, close protection. There's a lot of guys in, that, in this game, as I do it, go up putting all the stuff over social media. I'm doing yeah. this job, I'm doing that job. You know, they, they put the weather there for my family, and this is my son's birthday. And you think you're giving all the information out to Definitely, yeah. possible people to kidnap your your relative and pretty much turn it to that. If you don't give us access to you, the person you're protecting. Definitely. You know, so you just. I don't know, perhaps on a bit of a rant, they shouldn't no. be doing <laughs> No, be... I totally agree, because you did mention it was quite a while ago yeah. somebody was protecting somebody and they'd actually put on Facebook. That they were going to the exactly, airport to yeah. collect this person. Exactly, no at the airport, no at the hotel, no at the. You might as well just send your, 
Yeah. That's it. Bank card details as well. You're at it. You know, you just. <laughs> I mean, that's operational security going totally down the pan, it, isn't yeah. it? And intel, it's all into intel. You, you gain intel, you keep it. You don't give it away. No, definitely not. And again, going back to the escapades over in, in Ireland, a lot of that was gaining intel. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't uh, a river shootout or whatever, but it was intel gaining. Yeah. And so, but we didn't sort of like gain some intel and go on the news that night and tell anybody. perfect thank you very much for your question Sam thanks Sam Um, we have a question from Ben I think he he did a question last week last month as well didn't he I think Um, he says if the police in London are using G36 rifles and 5.56 ammo how do they stop the bullets travelling through the target and hitting innocent bystanders well, good question, Ben. Of G, you know the G weapon there and the five five six ammo. Well, I'm not really in a position to comment on what the police got up to, what their procedures <laughs> are, and what I do know, I'm not going to say anyway. But, <laughs> but <laughs> with the five five six round, it's actually you know because of its makeup, it loses velocity pretty quick, and so that's probably why the the police are using it in that respect because it you know it'll go into the person but won't be coming flying at the other side and. And there's, there's different variations of the five, 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 six, which make them lose velocity a lot quicker. And the thing is, Ben, they might be, they won't give the entire story out. It obviously told you know, the um, five, five, six, but they won't say what grade. Yeah. You know, they're probably using the grade that is made for that job. It's not going to go through piercing into another. It's a bit like you know the grade you use on an aircraft to anti-terrorism. Right. Okay. If you've got an air marshal on a weapon and it's and a plane, his weapon will not have. A bullet is going to be flying through the fuselage and down the plane. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to be ideal, is it? I mean, you've stopped, you've killed one person, but then the rest have all died as well. Exactly, so yeah, so you know, it's, it's always for course. They use the ammo suited for that for that job. Yeah, that's that's understandable. And I am just going to put it out there because Ben seems a bit psychopathic from the question <laughs> he's gone with first to the question yeah. he goes with after. So. There's a bit of an anticlimax here if you're expecting an interesting question okay. like that. It is yeah, just yeah, as interesting. So he says, what's the best mosquito repellent? Right. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. We are talking about Benny. I'll just click that. <laughs> yeah, best mosqu- mosquito repellent is a rolled-up newspaper. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Most of the time, it's got involved with what's called zeet. If it's got zeet in it, it's a good, it's a good repellent. It's what we use in the jungle, along with other stuff. And other things we did out there, but we won't mention that. <laughs> I'm reading the last one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there we go. So, yeah. We'll cover that in the next one. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Zit. Mm. So, what repels the bears, the snakes, the uh, everything else? Um, you've got your 226 on your side, or you've got your rifle. You've got a 50 cal, that'll stop them. Oh, that's where all the bear skin hats come yeah. from. So, you've just got to shoot them, basically. Fair cop. <laughs> um, and that was all for Ben's questions. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. So we have one of our newer listeners. Well, he has listened, but he's only just sent in a question this month. Um, he's asked, who would you recommend doing your sphere combat? Okay, I'd recommend, well, pretty much it's suitable for everybody. Mm. Okay, it's, uh, you know, it might come over, perhaps people think, because we advertise it, it's towards SF, um, you know, military, you know, close protection guys, but it's, it still works for the, I don't like to call them civilians, but the everyday person. Because it's a flexible system, it works for the person. For example, you've got, you've got, put it down, you've got take, take under. Mm-hmm. You've got to be very flexible because it's a lot of spinning, very high kicks, because it's mostly a sport. If it's, yeah. you know? 
So it's very flexible. So you've got to be able to get very flexible. Now a lot of people just not flexible. Simple as that. No, I can vouch for that. You know, so that what I'm saying there is they've got to suit the system. Yeah. Whereas with sphere, this the system suits the person. Yeah. Because you've taught people, yeah. haven't you, yeah. who've, who've not got limbs and exactly, yeah. disabled, disabled, disabled guys yeah. and get ladies, whatever. You know, so it suits everybody. It goes from these guys, let's say, somebody with a disability, to some guy who's going to be kicking the door in next week and, and firing an MP5. Yeah. It works right across the board. But I don't want it to scare people to thinking, you know, because some people, it's their nature, you suddenly see SF mentioned and they panic. Yeah. You know, it's horses for courses. The, the sphere will suit everybody. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. And you don't have to be the height of fitness, do you? Age and nothing no, no. like that comes into it, does it? Cause... It's irrelevant. Us. Otherwise, Sam, you're gonna get... there's a lot of people in this country who, are, who aren't fit. Mm-hmm. They're older. Um, sedentary lifestyle. Does that mean they can't defend themselves? Exactly. Everybody's got the right to defend themselves. And that's what we're giving them. Definitely. And that is how the sphere does work, isn't it? Yeah. You give that option to work... You can work with almost anybody, can't you? And yeah. and adapt that your training to them that person. That's what it's about, yeah. You can a supreme athlete to a supreme boxer, a supreme martial artist, somebody's but us they were still learn from spear. Definitely. Um Daniel also asks, what would you say were the key factors in accepting people to join your classes or courses? Well, I think Keith well accepting people. By that do you mean hmm. I think it's because obviously you do, in some senses, don't you? You do vet people before yeah, they yeah, come in. Yeah, because you just don't want somebody who's got a really crap mindset to come in exactly. and go, yeah. right, I've taken this and now I'm going to batter the shit out of my girlfriend with it. Exactly, yeah. So you're out of the nail there, Sam. Obviously, that's because you've been trained. It's working. So it is, <laughs> it is down to the mindset. All said and I get done. home and batter my family every yeah. day. I mean, <laughs> don't know what you're on about. Well, there you go. <laughs> past times. But anyway... Mindset, yeah. If you haven't got the right mindset, that's why I do. I say a bit of profile. If somebody turned up at my premises for to be taught there, and they got a bit of an ego, they bit of a Rambo, you you sense it straight away. Yeah. Oh, I want not disrespect. I want to be a little champion. This, that, and the other. Straight off, they're off them. They're on the back like it's, it's. You know, I'm not here for that. If they want to be a real champion. Go join the sport. You want to be yeah. a champion. If you want to be a boxer. You want to be a kickboxer. Whatever you want to be, go go there. And I'm not saying they will teach you that. That's great. Definitely, yeah. But I would say the mindset is when they come to train with us, they've either had some trauma or they're looking at avoiding trauma. Yeah. And so that's what we were talking about. And, you know, survival, that's why I say it's survival on the street or whatever. Yeah, definitely. It's the mindset. Saying that, Sandy, might turn, as long as I can sort of see that glimmer of open the mindset, yeah. I can develop it for them. It's not a problem. Definitely. And this is the thing, it isn't one of those... It's not a sport where you're gonna go and you're gonna go to uh, like things where you're gonna be on show. You're yeah, gonna be the Olympics or whatever. yeah. It's about it's about survival. It's Main thing you're gonna gain is your own respect and knowledge, isn't it? It's not right. something you're gonna show off to That's the right. world. And it's again, it's about the mindset because you know if you've got an ego, it's a major problem. Mm. And to be fair, if somebody did turn up with an ego, they wouldn't stay. Yeah, <laughs> believe him pretty quick. I wouldn't make it all not make it all I'll train anybody but the fact is if they've got an ego and that's the drop it it's not going to do any good definitely you know so that's where they go it's the standard of training though isn't it which yeah. is important yeah definitely. perfect thank you so much for that one Daniel thanks Dan so we have a couple of questions from Mark Um, he did send us a few questions in last month he well, says is it one thing to 
concentrate on for purposes of real self-defence? If so, what is it? Well, I'll say to that one, Mark, it's going to be well, awareness. And again, this is coming back, it all falls back to the mindset. Good awareness. Now, you can learn to have good self-defence. So I actually call, call it self-protection because self-defence is a case of you having to do something you've been attacked. Yeah. You know, act, as I say. You can do something, not preempt, but do something if you think you're going to be attacked. Okay? So it's self, self-awareness, but also spatial awareness. Know what's going on around you. You can do you can know a million moves, Sam, but if you don't if you're not aware that, that guy's creeping up on you. Yeah, that's or it. Stood behind you, you're not gonna use them. Definitely. Okay, you can be the best kicker in the world, the best punch in the world, the best grappler, whatever you want to call it. But if you're not aware, I mean good awareness, not just basic awareness, good awareness. Which again you to we do teaching sphere, because it's all part of the mindset. Definitely. Mindset yeah. training, okay. And that's what'll get you I would say ninety eight percent out of trouble. Yeah. Physically Great. Remember, not everybody is a supreme athlete. Not everybody. Uh, I'm definitely not. Is super fit. You know, it'd be a strange world if it was. Yeah. And so I That's not to, normal society, exactly, though, yeah. is it? That's the thing. Normal society. We want to live a normal life, so you could call it <laughs> along them lines of normal self-defense. It's there just in case the normal doesn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Mark also asks, "What do you think traditional martial arts have lost over the years?" Okay, with the, Mark, with the traditional martial arts, it's, I don't think they've lost anything. I think it's lost its way a little bit because traditionally, you know, going back to, let's say, 2,000 years of, let's say, karate, there was traditions, there was, like, um, standards and mm. the honoured things and all that, but we aren't in that ages now, are we? No, no, Just I think we you know, Even going back to, like, let's say, the 50s, two guys had a bit of a punch-up, the next day they shake hands with mates. Yes, yeah, done with. But in the sixties got a bit worse, in the seventies, like going into like the Cray twins and all that. But this day and age, nothing's beyond people. Mm. Well, there's no handshake after murder. It's <laughs> sure. also mob mentality. They're, they're yeah. making packs, weapons involved. You know, so I don't think I'm not say there's there's still some good stuff in traditional martial arts that would work. You know, don't get me wrong. You don't want to be punching the face of a guy who's doing <laughs> rear hand punch of karate. You know, you don't stand there and say that didn't do it because it's going to hurt. Yeah, exactly. But applying these things in a real world situation out in the urban, I very much doubt whether some of it, you know, well, a lot of it would work. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. And I mean, we have so much more ability to get hands on certain weapons as well. I'm not yeah. saying that we've never been able to, to go and grab a stick or a bit of wood yeah. or a knife, a gun. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that, like you said, people are people are brutal nowadays. Yeah. They don't care. There's no code, code of money. That's good. No. There's nothing. They don't, they don't care. Again, no disrespect. People end up on drugs for might be some some reason. Couldn't help it. Whatever. But when somebody's on drugs, they don't. They're not thinking what they're doing. And if they want the money for that next fix, they'll do what it takes. Definitely. You Definitely. Know, so no disrespect. You know, doing a, a I'd call it a cater. Doing a cater is not going to get that sort of trouble. You've got no. to be. You've got to respond to what's happening in, in sort of situation. And I think as well with the drugs that are very easily and very cheap to to make, yeah, obtain definitely. now, um, like the monkey dust that we see on the mm-hmm. on the streets, the spice warriors, and all mm-hmm. those that you've got out there, it's it's hard to have that self defence against these kind of people because yeah. you can hit them thirty times and they still won't exactly. go down. So it's yeah. knowing how to defend yourself in that sense as well, isn't it? That's it. That's it. So you're right. It's it. Uh, again, uh, one example, of, I remember reading a case once in over in America, because that's where this, was it, Angel Dust or that yeah. sort of 
kicked off, you know. And apparently, you know, police were actually, you know, drawing the wet truncheons to hit them with the walking street. They've actually been shot yeah. and still keep walking. Absolutely and so they went over to a, a, a regime of like, not regime, wrong word, over to doing the choker. Yeah. Because obviously, you switch the brain off, no matter what you've got in there in your system, it's going to go sleep. And that is the only thing in some of these cases that you can do, and it's it's quite a scary world. So in the same sense, as much as we possibly haven't lost anything from martial arts, we've had to learn to adapt, don't mm-hmm. we, to new changing circumstances yeah, in the modern yeah. world. So everything's just two things certain in life: that's change and death. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you think of it that way, things will always be changing. And that, going back to sphere, sphere, how I how I can made the system. It's it's always evolving, always adapting, always changing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I know I've I've discussed people who've, who've utilised monkey dust and how best to yeah. manage them. Um, in in my own career, so yeah, it's yeah. it is important to have that that tool because you never know with these people; it's so unpredictable. So you've been back to mindset again. It's just a matter of being on a fantastic puncher. So with any problem, knock them out. Doesn't work like that. No, no. You know, you've got to be thinking. Just thinking, not man. I can't say man is sexist. Just <laughs> thinking person's game. Okay? Yeah. Um. Going back to my SF days again, there's people, people know me, you go in the training in the CQB house, they call it now, a killing house. Mm-hmm. It's having the, the right mindset, and that's what you develop, and, and that's what I bring into sphere as well. But you've got to know, it's sort of like knowing your enemy, like you said yourself, so on your, what you do for a living, you've been involved with these people on this monkey door, mm-hmm. this and that, the other. But if you didn't know what they were capable of, or you did the, the mind side of things, you'd get caught up. Definitely, they're just going to yeah. go for it because they, they won't be thinking they'll just do it definitely because I remember myself you saying to me that if you sat in a room saying just doing nothing in a room you uh-huh. will be sitting there looking at different scenarios right. escape routes you, yeah, yeah. you're That's running right. through things in your head constantly yeah. aren't you it's I mean mm-hmm. that could be the most random thing like somebody jumps in with a with a machine gun Anything. how to leave that room so this is the nature of terrorism terrorism is to scare people so I'm not saying you've got to sit in a room and every room you go into you get paranoid about everything. Yeah. Just have that awareness. Just yeah. what's going on around me. Which you, you should have. A lot of people do but don't see. No, exactly. Um, and that's where, unfortunately, not trusting the gut instincts, they get caught in. That's what it's about. And sometimes it can just be a, a five-minute sweep, can't it? A, I mean, like yeah. a bar, a, a room, wherever yeah. you go, you can just have that quick sweep to... That's it. Which is done pre-med, in, in close protection. The advanced guys in close protection team will go in and sweep the place out. Yeah. And you go in. Any problems, you know, the radio back or whatever, or signal back, you don't go in. Go to the military just the same, you know. Yeah. Um, Mark's final question. He says he remembers karate, kung fu classes 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, being basically get tough boot camps rather than social clubs, for example. What's your kind of thoughts on that? Well, I think he's... Probably spot on there, Mark, but you're giving the age away, by the way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, it would come big, again, down to Bruce and all that sort of Bruce Lee. Kung Fu came big, you know, so Kung Fu schools opening everywhere. But a lot of it was down to get, as Mark says, get tough. Mm. I'm going to be a tough guy. And always, like, sending a, a message out there, I do martial arts, don't pick on me. This sort of thing. So it was, was that sort of era. You know, yeah. to be proudly wearing the club T-shirt with a massive banner on it and, and to be fair, they make themselves targets. Yeah. So if you have his guy in a pub, he's had a bit of a bad day and he sees you, oh, you're yeah, yeah, fired, are you? Let's have a go. Challenger, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so they were, a lot of it in them days was down to the ego. People taking up for the ego. Yeah. You know, so that's, uh, 
yeah, didn't agree more back back then it was. But again, I like to think like this for you, going back to speed again, but it's evolving all the time. It's in yeah. it's in just about five, don't get me wrong, linear to fight, if you want to call it that. But it's also in the in the mind. If you haven't got that right mindset, you just you won't do it. You that's it, it, yeah. Which is totally understandable. Mm -hmm. So I mean that's all Mark's got um to okay. ask. No I have got one last question. Okay. It's from yeah. John and I have actually trained with John. It did make me laugh, this question. Okay. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, we do a fizz at the end of our training. <laughs> um, and it is hard going. It really is. Um, <laughs> so I, I know John feels my pain as much as I feel his. Um, you, you can start to hate Pete at that time. I'm and I, sure. I do wonder if John has written this question whilst in the throes of doing his fizz. <laughs> Now, John, this has made me laugh, mate. Um, he has asked, how long can you hold your breath underwater for? I don't know if this is a direct okay, threat right. or... It's a bit random, but... Yeah, it could be a direct threat. <laughs> yeah. He's either going to drown me or throttle me. But, well, we anyway. do have a sink here, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, good question, that, John. I don't know where it came from. It's a good question. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for training... Let's go back to the SF again. Training... You obviously have to go on all, all ter ter territories, so you're in water a lot of the time as well. You may be dropping a helicopter into water, swimming in, whatever. So to hold your breath underwater, unless somebody's holding you underwater, you're going to die anyway. <laughs> I think but, um, John's planning that, yeah, but yeah. go ahead. I would say around about three, three and a half minutes, you know. And that's, but you can train to do better. You can train yourself to actually hold your breath longer, but never really felt the, use, you know, the need to do it, John, unless... I feel like you may need to now. Yeah, you've got um, a little bit of thought in mind, but... <laughs> yeah, because John's definitely holding you under for four. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just make sure that uh, tap's <laughs> not working on the sink. Definitely. So, I mean, that's all, all for this this month's uh, Spear Protections podcast. Hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, we enjoy making them, don't we? Yeah, it's great. I'm really enjoying these podcasts, getting good feedback. Again, you know, uh, how can I describe this? More will be revealed. Um, yeah, keep sending the questions in. Perfect. Thank uh, you for everyone who's listening. Thanks very much. Cheers.